previously on Growing Up Gilmore. Planning part of this whole project that has been started since the beginning and we are 22 minutes into the episode. That is slow. It is. That's like slower than Gilmore Girls slow. <laughs> this episode is filled with scenes that have no purpose whatsoever. And frankly, I'm a little tired. I don't Never know. Never mind. I, think... I retract. I take back everything <laughs> I said. Dean sucks. Hi everyone, this is Amy. And this is Elise. And welcome back to Growing Up Gilmore. This week we are discussing Season 2, Episode 19, Teach Me Tonight. And we have two guests with us this week. We have our really good friend Michael Turner. Oh, hello. And his sister Steph. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so excited. We've never met Steph, but um, I think Bryn met you at a dinner and he was like oh my wife has a Gilmore Girls podcast and that's kind of where it erupted from absolutely I believe we were talking about an episode from the first season and we were talking about like uh oh the Santa Burger we were yes. talking about the Santa yeah, Burger he yep. just made the Santa Burger yeah that's right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so awesome well we're so excited to have you um Steph tell us a little bit about Gilmore Girls for you so my older sister used to watch Gilmore Girls in primetime TV when it was on the WB. Yep. And she became obsessed with it. And then before you know it, we started accumulating all of the shows on DVD. And I just started watching them. And so probably from the age of 15, and I'm 33 now, so I've been watching Gilmore Girls in the entire series once a year for yeah, was that 17, 18 years? Yeah. So it's a ritual. It's it's yeah. a part of my life, and it's probably shaped a lot, a lot of random pieces of my personality, actually. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. it's very, very important comfort show for me. Yeah. Do you do like an annual rewatch? I absolutely. And in fact, in preparation of this podcast months ago, I decided to use that. Uh, to pick the time of when I would do my entire series watch through. So I actually just finished season six uh, a couple days ago. Wow. Okay. (laughs) This is the first year I haven't done a watch through because I'm watching it like as we go. And it's really hard. Um, I actually ended up going through most of season three by accident like a week ago. And then I was like, crap, now I have to remember like what order things happen in because now I'm way ahead. Yeah. And so I have to like slow it down. I know there's, (laughs) it's really tempting to want to jump ahead in seasons and mention different things and uh, different characters that you enjoy. But you're like, wait, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) We do that every week. Yeah. (laughs) And Michael, how about you? What's your experience with Gilmore Girls? Uh, I've sort of gotten my experience of Gilmore Girls through osmosis, through my mom and my two sisters, Steph obviously watching the most out of all of us. Um, And so it's always just been something that I've always been aware of everything that happens in each season. Uh, And I'll sit down to watch episodes, but it's never something where I've truly sat down and watched through the entire series. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I know there's always the fight between who's the best of the three boyfriends, (laughs) Dean, Jess, and Logan, and I'll get there to an opinion someday about it once I've actually watched through 
Right. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. See, I wouldn't have even waited. I would have just been like, no, it's Jess. It doesn't, it's no one else. But yeah, no, I, that's good. I believe that was one of the qualifier questions that I was asked yes. to make sure that I could even be allowed in this sacred space. And I was really well, glad that we are all of the similar mind that we are Team Jess. You know, Elise is actually Team Logan. I, uh, oh. I do love Logan. Yes. But I love Jess too. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think like... Because she watched it and just, like, watched it all the way through. And now that we've been watching it slowly and stuff, she's like, no, I, I do. Like, I get the Jess appeal. And now I'm afraid that as we go on, I'm going to be like, no, I get it. I get why people like Logan. And I kind of wonder if it's the age range because I didn't watch this as, like, a teenage girl. Mm. Yeah. You know? and yeah, like because so, you just watched it last year. So I'm, like, strongly team Luke. Like, everybody, I think, pretty <gasps> well... There's a lot of people who like Christopher, too. But um, I just feel like I don't care as much. Like, who I do care about who Rory picks, but it's different than, like, if, if like, Lorelai were to pick somebody different than Luke mm-hmm. yeah. in my book. Yeah. And I have a feeling, like, it's similar for you guys if, like, Rory were to pick Logan, right? Um, I think for me, it's, like, Lorelai, because she's older, it feels more like end game yeah. with Lorelai where like with Rory she has a lot of growing up to do still mm-hmm. and like putting herself out there more yeah. but I, I I do think there are people that are like die hard like it's Jess or it's nothing yeah. kind of thing so but yeah. I mean to each their own they all have different qualities mm-hmm. that are great I'm yeah see like we yeah. get ahead <laughs> see, talking about do Logan it. and stuff yeah. we need like a Venn diagram of yeah. all the men <laughs> <laughs> We'll probably get to that point. So, um, okay, Elise, who is our writer and director for this episode? Okay, our director is um, Stephen Robman. We've never had him before. Okay. He will go on to direct two more episodes in season three, and then he'll be done. He's best known for his work of Party of Five, Nowhere Man, which I've never heard of, Law and Order, Ghost Whisperer, Medium, The O.C., but he's done a ton of stuff. Fun fact, he's married to Kathy Baker. I didn't know that name off the top of my head. She's an actress. She's the mom in Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah. the Avon lady. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or okay. Mary Kay. Oh, yeah, Mary, Mary Kay. Kay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Oh, okay. and, and the writer is uh, Amy Sherman Palladino. Okay. We haven't so, had her for a while. Yeah. Which and is... I'm running out of fun facts for her. I know. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to look at that for next season. But um, fun fact, she has cited comedians such as Irma Bombeck, Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, Joan Rivers, Elaine May, and Norman Lear okay. as her influences. I could definitely see that. Also, Barbara Streisand, Stephen Sondheim, Tony Kushner, and Carol King, Bob Fosse. Well, Carol King is who sings the theme yeah. song. So, yeah. And then um, musicals that she loves is Easter Parade, Singing in the Rain, and The Bandwagon. Those are my fun facts. I thought for sure Gypsy would be on that list. Yeah. You would or think. Funny Girl or something. With, yeah. Yeah. But, all right. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we get started? Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Yes. All right, so this episode opens with the girls shopping at Dozies while they're waiting in line at Dozies to check out, and they are commenting on the substitute bag boy while Dean is out of town, 
and he's getting real fancy with the bagging, like doing flips with the um, bottles and things. And Gotta shake up that salsa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so annoying. I know. Yeah. He's like real show-offy <laughs> and Lorelai's like, Dean's in trouble. Like his job is on the line. And when they get up to Dozy, they discover that the movie night is going to be happening in town. And Lorelai asks, well, what movie are you going to pick? And he's like, well, I'm not going to tell you. And she's like, why not? And he goes, just show up and be surprised. And she's like, just tell me what it is. He goes, no. And she realizes it's because it's going to be the yearling for the fourth year in a row. And he says, you're so judgmental. Why don't you just do it? You pick the movie. You deal with it. And of course, Lorelai Loving Movies is so excited to pick the movie. And she's like, he gave me the crown. I get to wear the crown. I get to pick the movie. This is going to be so much fun. And I think it's funny that we start this episode with Taylor kind of talking down to her about being judgmental and opinionated and hard to deal with because that comes up again later in the episode. But Michael, you were laughing as we were watching this and I have to know what was so funny. Yeah. I just love how the talk about the bag boy uh, replacing Dean is exactly the conversation about Jess replacing Dean. Mm -hmm. And it's just the writers basically throwing it in your face. Like, well, look at all these cool new tricks that this bag boy can do. Like, sure, Dean can reach the top shelf, but he's there for looks. He's not there for all the cool tips and tricks that this guy can do. Right. Um, and it's very sure that, you know, Dean's going to lose his job quite literally on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's really clever, because I don't know if I even picked up on that. Yeah. So, yeah. Good work, Michael. Good thank work. You, thank you. Yeah. I got that note last night during my rewatch. So. <laughs> I was giggling because of all the Taylor Dosey things to be Taylor Dosey about the take a penny, leave oh, a penny, penny tray. Like he is so good at micromanaging everything about his life, about the town, about his store. And he has to keep an eye on that penny train. I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brynn and I like to say he's a real wiener. Yes. <laughs> Just like with a all the rules. Wiener. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. But that's where we leave this scene. I have more to say on the movie stuff, but I'll wait because a lot more happens with mm-hmm. it. Our next scene has the girls going through lists and lists of movies. And I forgot to ask, what movie would you pick? Lily was making my list. Yeah. Were you? Yes. Okay. I thought I we'd like, save it for Town Hall. Okay. We'll save it for Town Hall. Then. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So think about it. Yeah. Everyone. It, and just... keep it in your brain. Um, so they're getting ready. They're talking oh, about Oh, can the I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, please. It was Avon Lady, not it Mary. It was Avon? Yeah. For okay. Edward Scissorhands. Okay. Got okay. it. Sorry. I mean, they are one in the same. Yeah. yeah. But one, <laughs> you get a pink Cadillac. I was like, I better double check that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only remember because she's like, it's your it's neighborhood Avon, Avon lady. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the phone rings and it's Christopher for his Wednesday call. Are we, are we fans of Christopher? So I'm in your camp, Elise. I'm team Luke over team Chris. Yeah. Um, Lorelai and Chris very much play the avoidant game. They don't mm-hmm. like confronting problems head on. And Luke is very much in your face about 
confronting problems. And mm-hmm. he's a nice opposite to Lorelai. Mm-hmm. I like Chris. I think he's a great guy. But he just doesn't want to. I personally think Christopher is just fine being Rory's dad and will stop there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, we are not fans of Christopher um, for a lot of reasons that we'll probably get into in this episode because it mm-hmm. does kind of come up. But it's weird because I, when I was watching this, forgot why they were even fighting because it's been so many episodes. Yeah in between and this is something we've come across a few times where we felt like it should have been one episode was here and then we pause that drama for like four episodes and then get back to it and it's like why what was with the order of episodes here like why are you doing it this way whatever but i had to like remind myself why they were even fighting because he she told him like she had been holding out for him and now that sherry's back where he's you know she's happy for him and he kind of blows up at her in that and i don't think any of us missed christopher's evasive maneuver when rory was asking hey how's work going how's sherry and he's like oh things are fine here Uh uh-huh oh okay Uh i guess we're not going to talk about sherry then (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah he's always evasive but you're right. It's a very subtle thing that he does where he's like, oh, it's okay. Like, okay, we know what's coming. Well, we know what's coming. And it's just those like little things that like plant the seed mm-hmm. that they do a lot in this show. And I feel like Christopher also like represents like for a lot of people, like everybody kind of not everybody, but a lot of people have a Christopher in their life. Mm-hmm. that kind of just you keep on going back to. Yeah. Or like this kind of stays in the background and they're not necessarily good for you. So I think right. that, that really, he kind of relates. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think too, the, the dynamic that he is Rory's father makes it harder for Lorelai to like let go yeah. of him. Um, there's just too much history I think there for it to just be done at any point Mm -hmm. um but yeah so Rory asks if he wants to talk to mom she says no he says no so they're just gonna keep going not talking and she's like all right well I'm going to school then because this is pointless and she's out the door so they're still trying to figure out movies um, Christopher sent an email, which I'm like, if you're going to spend the time to write an email, why not just talk to her on the phone? <laughs> Call your kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. And also I just thought of this, but when Sherry was in town, um, she said that he never misses the phone call and he looks forward to them and they talk for hours. And now that we're not sure if Sherry's in the picture, the phone call was three minutes long. Mm-hmm. So just an interesting observation. Um, but let's continue because I have uh, lots to say kind of about the next scene. So, all right. Our next scene has us um, at school with Lane. We never see school, like Lane in school ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's taking a test and the teacher says there's 15 minutes left. And mm-hmm. as her back is turned, Jess comes sneaking in through the door 
and sits down behind Lane and asks her for a writing utensil. And she gives him a pen and he starts uh, writing in the margins of Slaughterhouse Five. Have any of you read Slaughterhouse Five? No. I have not. No, I haven't either. No. Yeah. Not Apparently yet. it's pretty famous for Bryn, did you read Slaughterhouse Five? You did? He's nodding. You can you can interject. Yes, I read Slaughterhouse Five. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> Thank you there. for that. Um it's pretty well known for wanting to be banned from schools for censorship. Um, so I think him reading that is, you know, him trying to stick it to the man a little bit. Um, but then we cut to Luke having to go to the principal's office because, you know, to talk about Jess and how he's not doing well in school and he's not showing up in school. And I just love that you can immediately tell that Luke is uncomfortable being there. And part of it, I think could be like PTSD from when he was a student because he was not a good student yeah. either. <laughs> so he's kind of like, oh God, I'm in the principal's office and I'm an adult and I never wanted to be here in the first place. And I think um, getting this like side of Luke, we're seeing this like kind of fatherly thing where he's like, okay, so he's not doing well in school. What do I have to do? And the principal tells him like, you need to help him. You need to get him better grades. And he's like, well, I can't do that. Like my folder is probably still here and it says trade school on it. Like I'm not capable of doing that. And the principal says, if you don't get him help, he will not pass. So now Luke has to kind of come up with a a plan to get Jess help so he can at least pass the 11th grade. And I think we're all aware that the issue is not Jess's intelligence whatsoever. It's right. more just motivation. applying. Yeah, motivation, applying himself. So I'm wondering, do you think that Luke values Jess getting good grades? good grades or do you think Luke is just like I need to get you through this so you can just move on to the next phase of your life I think Luke objectively is trying to help Jess hit these milestones so that by graduating 11th grade and moving on to senior year and graduating high school he's going to be able to check something off of his list to give himself proof that he is doing right by Jess and right Mm -hmm. by his sister and right by his dad and all that family pressure so Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to he's trying to um collect achievements with Jess you know yeah also Luke he owns up to the fact that he was made for trade school or made for very blue collar work and I like that that's how he's trying to go about this, even this situation to like create a solution. He's like, is there an emergency? I didn't see anybody injured. Like, yeah. all the physical stuff is okay. What the heck could be wrong? And it's like, oh, Jess's commitment to academics. And Luke's like, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the academics are not, like, his strong suit whatsoever. But I do... I feel for Luke because I I agree. I think it's like he's trying to 
do right by Jess because he wants Jess to have more. But this show was kind of written at a time where like trade work was not necessarily like the it thing to do. And now I feel like we need more people doing trade work. So it's kind of funny to see this now and think oh no we actually need that like we need people to go to trade school yeah um so that's kind of a nice change that we've seen since this show came out but yeah anything else uh i was just gonna say i like how this is setting up that both the father figures in chris and luke are kind of underperforming at the start of the episode Mm -hmm. just something worth noting yeah no definitely um, for me, Chris is always underperforming, so I yeah. don't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it, yeah. it's, you know, what happens when the extremes happen to both children in this instance, you know, like how do right. you respond to the extremes when they do happen? So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's a great point. Cause we're seeing like bad grades versus a car accident and exactly. what, what, yeah like what is the middle ground and then what is the extreme on either end Mm -hmm. so i think that's good to pay attention to Mm -hmm. way to go michael Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right our next scene is at luke steiner the girls are still going through movies and then taylor shows up with this massive binder and says they have to pick a movie from this binder because it's free and Lorelai never realized that they would have to pay to show the movie. And she now spent hours of her life choosing this movie. And then Taylor shows up with a binder. And I'm like, why didn't Taylor tell her in the first place that there's a binder she has to pick from? Because he's so petty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so now they're, like, going through and reading all of these movie titles. They are all real movies that you can watch. Um, Most of them were from, like, the 40s and 50s. So do with that what you will. That book is basically, like, the challenge where it's, like, describe your favorite movie in the worst way possible. So for me, it's, like, Star Wars. An old man kidnaps a farm boy, which leads to the farm boy kissing his sister and starting a revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. I love the one where it's like, and there's a mariachi band, just as an added detail to the movie, as if that would like entice someone to pick that movie. Good scene of killing and cleaning shark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't want to see that? Exactly. So then Luke comes in and he's looking for Jess and they're like, oh, I think he's upstairs. Goes upstairs. Jess is sorting his CDs and he sorts his CDs by genre, which is interesting to me because I would sort alphabetically, maybe by genre and then alphabetically when I would sort my CDs. How did you sort your CDs? I think I didn't sort them. How I don't... did you find anything? I was a wild woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Pro- I would probably, if I was going to sort it by last name. Okay. Or like, name yeah, of the I, band. band. Yeah. yeah, got it, got it, yeah. But like, I only own like Eric clapton cds so it makes it really easy (laughs) well when you made like a mix cd how do you you don't sort those because it's like yeah it has so many different things on it (laughs) 
Exactly. Or I would title the CD by like the mood that it represented. Like me being very emo would be like, this is my sad CD. Mm. This is my depressed CD. And just like stupid <laughs> feelings like that. Um, you gotta but, like establish, you gotta keep sad away from depressed. Yeah, they can't be the same. Very different feelings. Or you alphabetize the emotions. <laughs> right. A for angry. Exactly. 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 Um, so Luke comes in. And he says, I had, I talked with your principal and he says, you're going to flunk out. And he's like, oh, that's all right. Like Jess seems very unfazed by all of this. And at this point, I'm starting to wonder if Luke is seeing himself in Jess. Um, Because we've heard that Jess gave his dad a run for his money when he was a kid and, you know, screwing around and stuff. And now I'm wondering if he's like, I need to do right by this kid because I needed someone to do right by me. And so it's kind of that like whole be the person that you needed when you were a kid or that kind of thing. And I think it's he wants just to do more than he had the opportunity to do. And I think that that shows a lot of growth in Luke as a a parental figure because when Jess came there, he was like, I don't know what to do with him. He's just going to lay on this blow up mattress and that's just going to be his life while he's here. But now he has a bedroom and, you know, a, a job and he he wants him to do more. And I think Jess is so uncomfortable with someone wanting him to do well that he has to throw insults mm-hmm. to like push them away again. And like watching this as a teenager you have a very different reaction because you're like yeah i don't want people telling me what to do so i totally am with jess but now when you watch as an adult you're like no jess like you need to go to school like you have to go to school jess is holding caulfield 100 oh yes yeah Yeah, absolutely (laughs) we all relate to him as kids but when we're grown-ups yeah as luke is um I don't want to say interrogating Jess, but kind of picking at him and asking him questions. You can tell that Luke's kind of like frantic because he's still panicked from the conversation he had with the principal. And he's questioning Jess, like, what are you going to do with your life? Who's going to hire you? All this stuff like that. I think he's trying to force Jess to like answer this problem because he's like, you're a smart kid. Like, what do you think is going to happen? And Jess is just like, this is not on my radar right now. I Mm -hmm. do not care about this Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, no, I think Jess is very much stuck in survival mode. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just what he knows. Mm -hmm. And it's once you're kind of in that mode, you are in like a constant state of what is that fight or flight. So he's like in flight mode right now. And when he's confronted with it, then he uses his words to fight it off. And um, he just does such a great job with that. And the fact that Luke can carry that same like panicked emotion from the last scene to this scene when they were probably not filmed at the same time, it, it shows a lot directionally that that director can pull that emotion out of Luke, out of Scott Patterson in both scenes. And it feels seamless. Yeah. And it's done really well. Um, I think that's all I had for that, but I, I just, I want Luke to be a good parent. I like, I want him to succeed. 
And I think we all do. And, and we want Jess to succeed, too, because if Jess succeeds, then Luke succeeds. And I think they need a win just in general in life. Mm-hmm. So let's keep going. But cause... we also got to keep in mind that we got to remember that Luke is not the dad. No. Yeah. Completely. You know? So it's yeah. like that is like. He's taking on way more than he is even yeah. obligated to take on. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it makes him pr- approach the situation different, too, because mm-hmm. I'm sure in his mind is like this kid does not want to hear me say or act like his father right now. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. I think he understands just like his by the core of like yeah. what would scare him away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. Well, and with the episode where Luke has to bury his uncle, like, you know that Luke is going to do whatever he can to get it done by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to drill this in until something breaks or something works, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that last comment that Jess makes when he's like, well, maybe I'll just work at a diner, I think is kind of an attack on the feelings that Luke had in that episode because it was like, he was like, am I just going to be this diner guy the rest of my life? Am I not going to do anything else? And I think Jess picks up on that insecurity as well and can use that to like attack, Mm -hmm. which it's because he's intelligent and, you know, he keeps to himself. Wallflowers pick up on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you so. have voices like Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. <laughs> the exactly. voice of a generation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are back at the Gilmore residence. And Luke shows up with a batch of brownies for Lorelai. He wants to talk to Rory. So he goes in to talk to Rory and asks if she will tutor Jess. And Jess is like, or excuse me, Rory says he's really smart. Like, he doesn't need me to tutor him. And he goes, I just need him to get through some of his tests to show the school that he can do it. And then that's it. Like, that's all I need. And she's like, okay, sure, I'll do it. And he's like, tonight? She's like, okay, tonight. Um, That's great. That's settled. Lorelai's like, what's going on? And follows Luke outside after he leaves. And she's like, Rory's too nice to ever say no. But she has her own studies. She has her own stuff to worry about. Shouldn't you be hiring like a professional tutor? And Luke says, I need someone that Rory is going to respect. That Jess is going to respect. And Rory can get on his level and help him in a way that other people couldn't. So, do you think... That Luke is asking Rory because he knows that there's something going on between them or because he just knows that Rory is a good student and that, you know, Jess and Rory have similar interests. Like, was there a little bit of something behind the ask or am I reading into it too much? I think you're reading into it too much. (laughs) I don't think he knows because later on when Lorelai says something, he goes, oh, you think that they might like each other? He gets so excited. Mm -hmm. Like it's a new idea. Yeah. 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 He could just be a really good actor. 
Yeah. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just a matter of coming from his perspective. Jess only responds to Rory. Like mm-hmm. it's she's the only person that he'll have a conversation with for an extended period of time. She's and the only it. cool person in Stars Hollow. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, true. That I, said, Lorelai really doesn't press the fact that this could be about Dean. Is she thinking about Dean in that instance? Or do you, do you think this is just her not wanting to have Rory be near Jess at all at this point? I think it's a little bit of both because there was that moment where they're standing out, her and Dean are standing outside yeah. and, and Dean's sitting on the porch steps being like she likes Jess doesn't she so Lorelai knows what's going on so I think she's trying to keep them separate so Rory stays with Dean but I also wonder if there's an element to Jess is Rory's Christopher Mm. and that scares her because I mean look at how that ended for them Um, but I think yeah there's just a lot of layers to that situation. But I think this is when we start to see that Lorelai can't control the situation anymore. And she's starting to lose that control. And we really see it at the end when she's lost control completely. It's really good at setting up that Luke is very stubborn in how he gets things done versus Lorelai being very avoidant and getting things Mm -hmm. done. Like, this whole conversation was a good demonstration of both of their methods. Mm-hmm. Lorelai has asked favors of Luke before, and she'll do her own tricks to, like, wear him down, whether it's annoying him or giving him the puppy dog face, like, whatever it is. It's really funny that Luke's like, hmm, what way can I manipulate Lorelai? Yeah. I'm going to bring her baked goods, <laughs> and then I'm going to mention them, like, five times in front of her just so she really gets the hint that, like, oh, yeah, and I'll give you a cake, too, later. You know? Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, they really, like, understand each other in a way that they don't even have to speak about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just there. Um, but, yeah, no, I think there's... Uh, there is a lot to be said for Lorelai not wanting Rory to do this. I don't think it has anything to do with Rory's own schoolwork because mm-hmm. Rory knows to get her schoolwork done. It's the person more than anything else. I also think Rory sounded almost annoyed in this scene because she just can't understand how Jess could be failing school because she knows how smart he is. Mm-hmm. So she's almost like, this could be construed as a waste of my time because like Jess should know better. Like he's so smart. Yeah. So that's probably frustrating for her. Yeah. And she holds him to that. Like when they're tutoring, tutoring in quotes, um, she's like, well, if you're not going to do it, then I'm going to go. Cause, and I think that's important to bring up when we get to that too, because she's pretty adamant on, I am not going to waste my time here until he kind of, warms her over too so we get to see that dynamic between luke and lorelei and then rory and jess so a little bit of mirroring there which we love to talk about mirroring Mm -hmm. in this show so yeah all right the girls are sitting at luke's eating dinner lorelei is clearly not wanting to leave because she doesn't want the tutoring to begin and she's like let's have pie let's finish coffee let's do this and Rory's like, you know, we're 
just going to be here at Luke's tutoring. We're not going to do anything else. And as Lorelai is leaving, Rory says, if Dean calls, tell him I'm studying with Lane. And Lorelai says, I'm not going to lie to Dean for you. And she's like, okay, well, then just tell him I'm studying because that's not a lie. And we are of the belief that Rory still thinks that she kind of got away with having Jess over with Paris and and that Dean believed that Paris and Jess wanted to be together. And she's like, well, I got away with that. So I think just to keep this going, I just can't have a mention of Jess whatsoever. Um, but as we go into season three, we see that this is kind of just like a boiling pot waiting to explode. Um, Jess comes up to the two of them and says, you know, I'm so ready to learn. Are we going to watch Schoolhouse Rock videos? And like already clearly making a joke out of the evening and Lorelai's already had enough of him. And when she says goodbye, he calls her ma'am. Which is a big slap in the face for Lorelai. And she's like, I'm, I've had enough of this kid. <laughs> Absolutely had enough. And Rory asks where his books are. And he's like, oh, I guess I don't have them. So let's go to a movie. Like already trying to get out of the actual intention for the evening. And she's like, uh, if you don't have your books, then I'm going to go. And then he does this whole magic trick with an apple and gives her the apple. And I'm like, this is very reminiscent of Twilight, but Twilight wasn't even out at this point yet. So this did Twilight before Twilight did Twilight. Um, Such a bad boy. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Rory is like, go get your books. And she holds the apple and she smiles. So she's clearly... Charmed. Very charmed. Mm -hmm. Doesn't take a lot to charm her. And I think Jess knows that. So he's like, I'm just going to kind of buy my time. Do they ever like bring back magician Jess? Jess? Or is this just like a one time? I think this is just a one time thing. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't there a quote where she was like, if you pull a quarter out of my ear, I'm going yeah, to talk to that, you again. I think or that's when like they that. started talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it has something to do with that. But I think, too, he's like, it's this like a trickster. is just a, yeah. a clever ploy to... She calls him Dodger at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's a little sleuthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he is. I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff in here that I think is premeditated, which we can talk to you about after this next scene. But... Mm-hmm. As we get into this next scene, I I want you to pay attention to whether or not some of this is premeditated on Jess's part, because I do think there is an element of that. Um, but so now they're studying. We're getting ready. He knows that she means business because she threatened to leave already once. And he was like, OK, I'll go get my books. And so... He got his books and now they're sitting there. So let's see where this goes. Maybe he wanted this the whole time. Oh, just. Yeah. I forgot to add that Kirk, the scene starts with Kirk approaching Lorelai saying, I heard that you get to pick the movie. Well, 
I have been working on something myself for five years and compares himself to the director of the Facts of Life. <laughs> um, what was it? It was Asad, Asad Kalad. Yes, thank you. Asad Kalad. I think it's Asad Kalada or okay. Asad Kalad, whatever. Um, and she's like, well, what is it? What is it? And he's like, are you asking if it's blue? No, totally PG. And then he says Michael's favorite line. It's like babe too. Same pig, harder edge. Yeah, which makes me think of um, the critic when he's talking about Forrest Gump too. He's, he calls it like Forrest Gump gumps harder or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I just love that he has all of these aspirations and he's like, yeah, the blue collar thing is fine. But like my real calling is art. And he makes this movie that really... Oh, God, I can't go into it because I don't want to give anything away. And I want to like really talk about it when we get there because it's just phenomenal. But just like plant the seed in your mind that he was going for facts of life direction. <laughs> Not Kurosawa. No, no, no. <laughs> and it's like you want to be a director, but you don't recognize this other like famous director that Lorelai is talking about. And I think that goes to show like how sheltered Kirk truly is with all of those siblings. There's no way he was able to see like big name famous movies. And he just sat at home with his carrot sticks and (laughs) and celery. And yeah, I like how this scene started when (laughs) Kirk approached the table and he was like, (laughs) Lorelai. Can I have a minute of your time? And she's like, I'll give you two because you scare me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would argue is one of Lorelai's best. Yeah. Definitely. No hesitation in that delivery yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> so why has Kirk waited four years to air this short film? You know, why hasn't he gone to Taylor before? You know, it's interesting know. that, oh, now that Lorelai's doing it, maybe I have a chance to uh, get this aired. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he yeah. never wanted to borrow, bother Taylor about it because he's trying to be like Taylor one day and he knew that Taylor wouldn't approve of this film or something. Who yeah, knows? I don't or know. Or like Taylor was his competition would steal his idea. Oh, he yeah. does say <laughs> the movie's been five years in the making, but he can finish it in a week. Right. So. He's always it's been dragging it. his feet a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love like when you finally see it and you're like, five years <laughs> for what? <laughs> so yeah, okay. Let's jump into the next one. As they are sitting there studying, we see. Rory is like making notes and looking at the book and Jess is playing with a deck of cards and he asks her to pick a card and she grabs the whole thing and throws it on the floor, which I'm like, good power move. That's a good power move. And she's like, you haven't done any studying. And if you're not going to study, then I'm going to leave. And he's like, all right. They he starts asking questions about where Dean is and does Dean know that she's there? And she's like, we need to be studying. Why? Why can you not tell me anything about the martial law? Like, please pay attention. 
And she says that he's in Chicago, so he wouldn't see them there. And um, it kind of becomes more apparent to the audience that perhaps Jess knows what he's doing this whole time. Because when he opens the book and is flipping the pages, he is not looking at the book. He's like, has that shit eating grin and just like smiling at her. And so that's why I really truly think that he knew if he wasn't doing well in school, that Luke would ask Rory to tutor him. Planning that far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like, I think he wasn't going to do well in school no matter what. But yeah. then once he saw the opportunity, he took it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think he got that idea after Paris forced herself to be tutored by Rory? Mm. Like after they all maybe dinner together? Well, remember, Jess has been trying to find... And I mean, it's really hard for him to find any place in that town where he can feel comfortable, at peace, accepted, and I mean, heaven forbid, actually enjoy himself. Mm -hmm. And I think that setting with Rory in Paris and and eating food and hanging out and like intellectually challenging each other, that was probably one of the first instances where he actually felt like on equal ground in a place where he was happy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I bet it, it wouldn't surprised me that he's trying to find an opportunity to recreate that that feeling again yeah Mm -hmm. that too and i think he also is trying to find time where he can just be with rory yeah alone i mean not even to like make things happen but just to have time with her i mean he paid top dollar at the basket thing to have time with her because he knew if I bid on this basket, she has to spend time with me and Dean is not going to be there. And this whole thing is just, how do I get more time with her when she's by herself? Like he didn't know Paris was going to be there that night. So he showed up thinking it would just be the two of them. Yeah. Well, it's like he even bounced in earlier to when Lane was in class and then was bothering Lane during that class and then that's mm-hmm. kind of why he got in trouble or whatever but in that classroom that teacher you could tell that she was strict because on the on the board behind her oh I've got it written down no wandering eyes yeah it's, no uh, looking behind you <laughs> there is nothing fascinating on your palm on your on your shoe under your desk on the floor <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so it's like it's like almost like he picked did he just like go into that classroom? It's like he picked like the teacher that would be the hardest on you for doing that. Yeah, for just like showing up and and like who was the... gonna bring it to the principal's attention? Kind yeah, of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's like why wouldn't the principal already be talking to Luke if five hundred baseballs went missing? <laughs> that feels like a. <laughs> That feels like a point where, as a principal, you would be like, um, hey, we need to have a chat. It's a lot of baseballs. And the fact that they've been practicing with tennis balls for how long? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like they were just waiting for that, like, opportune moment. And I think Jess saw it and knew, like, oh, she's willing to help Paris study. She'd be willing to help me study. So let's just 
coats on that. Yeah. It makes me a little sad because after how good of a time he had with both Rory and Paris, like, he can maybe try making a few more friends, like, with Paris as well. Like, mm-hmm. if they had such a great intellectual conversation, you would think he could try that. But maybe he just likes women that are already taken. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he doesn't like. I don't. I think he's had a bad lot with a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he's closed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very closed yeah. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for Jess, it's just finding someone that intellectually challenges him is so vastly different than anything he's ever experienced before. Because it sounds like even back at home, he didn't have a lot of friends and kept to his books and Rory is famously quoted saying she lives two lives one of books and one of you know her actual life and I think that the fact that they can bond over this like second world of books allows them to connect on a level that's so different than anything either of them have experienced and so that's kind of what's been fueling this, like... Attraction. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, like, chemistry that they have that, like, they can just look at each other and it's just, like, magnetizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that... We get to see a side of Jess that's different than we see with Lorelai or with Luke or anybody He's a totally different person when he's with Rory. And Rory has called him out on it already. But in this instance, we get to see how much he does care and how important it is to him that she's okay and that she's safe. And yeah, we get to see like a different side of him. So, yeah. All right. At the end of the last scene, Jess looks out the window, sees Rory's car and says, okay, let's go and get ice cream. And when we come back, I promise that I will do studying. She's like, okay, if you promise. And we cut to them driving in the car. They have ice cream cones. And he is very carelessly driving behind the wheel with his cone in one hand, the wheel in the other. And then he tells Rory to grab the wheel and she's like freaking out because, you know, that's not really how you drive a car. And he says he never took behind the wheel. And and Steph had mentioned that he's from New York, so he definitely never took behind the wheel. <laughs> Made me think of um, Cardi B is from New York. And when she got a bunch of money, she was buying all these cars. Yes. And she can't drive them because she doesn't have <laughs> a driver's license. I think now she might have a learner's permit. But imagine, like, learning how to drive a car, and it's, like, a Maserati or, like, a Rolls Royce, and that's, like, your first car that you take to your driver's test. I cannot even imagine that. But it made me think of that. Um, So they're driving and talking, and Rory finally says, why are you flunking out of school? Because you are really smart. You read books in like five minutes and you remember everything. So what is it? And Jess says, well, I'm not going to college. So I don't understand the point of even finishing high school. And they, she kind of accuses him of wanting to be cool. 
and that's why he's not doing it. And he says he doesn't care whether or not he's cool. And that it's just his trajectory of life has always been painted very differently from Rory's. Like, he says, you will go to college. I'm not going to go to college. And I could give you a list of reasons why. You could ask my mom. You could ask your mom. Like, everybody already knows me and has opinions of me that, you know, these are all the reasons I wouldn't go to college. And she says, but you could go to college. Like, you're very smart. That is something you could do. And she says that she's tired of this, like, Kurt Cobain kind of attitude. And then he comes back with, well, Courtney, what are you going to do? And she says she's going to go to Harvard. She wants to be a journalist, an international journalist. And this conversation that they have is very interesting to me because he is almost the first person that really challenges her end goal and says that he thinks it's just a little too rough for her. And I'm curious as to why you think he would do that. So I think he's called Rory sheltered before or yeah. has alluded to the fact that he thinks that she's sheltered. Not that he, cause he clearly thinks that Rory's very special, but again, she's like this anomaly in the middle of stars hollow. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, there's one person who's cool in, in this entire town and it's Rory. Um, but he also, you know, he thinks that she's a little sheltered. She hasn't seen enough of the world. He's from New York. He's seen the big city. He knows how rough it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just kind of doubting her. And I think it's coming from a place of concern. Like he wants her to be safe. He doesn't want her to get beat up out there. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's actually like, you know, are you sure that's what you want to do? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it pushes her in the is it two episodes from now where she goes to New York? Yep. Cause it's like, Oh, um, he makes a good point. And I think she's, she is starting to panic. Like I haven't really thought of anything else that I could do. Like, this is what I have to do. And he's like, no, I didn't mean to like freak you out, but he is the first person that says, I don't think you're cut out for this. She certainly puts a lot of stock in his opinion of her, too, mm-hmm. to start her her self-assurance just starts crumbling in the car. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she must think very highly of his opinion. Yeah. 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 But that's a really defeatist attitude that Jess has towards life in general as well, though. Like, if if he's going to be expressly doubting her right away and being like, are you sure you're like physically capable of that like instead of pumping her up and getting her motivated to keep pursuing yeah you know and i don't know it it just makes me think that for whatever is in jess's past i think he's just always been told that he'll never be enough and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of something that just seeps off of him as well Mm -hmm. um i think because he's he's had a dose of the real world yeah and it's so easy, especially when you're younger, too. To, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's so weird because I was watching Lady Bird. And it's so cool in that movie, Lady Bird, to watch her be a teenager and then go straight from being like this almost like child right into college and she's an adult, right? And 
with Jess, I feel like he's he's had so he's kind of had a dose of the real world where when you're a kid, you just don't really understand how everything works. It's not like you grow up and get everything handed to you and you get mm-hmm. all your dreams come true. And, you know, like, sure, some people, but not all people. So I think that he has some of that. And he's just naturally a little bit more further along because of unfortunate situation of not having the same upbringing. Yeah, it's kind of know. like the he had to grow up a lot faster. Yeah. And Rory's been... I think he calls her like a princess or something at one point when they're arguing. And she does kind of have the mentality of like things will get done. Like if I want things to happen, they will happen. And Jess is the complete opposite. Like he knows that's not real. Mm-hmm. And and like good thing, bad things happen to good people. And yeah, like, you know, like I think they're, yeah. But me also too, he's right. Yeah, she never does. She never, as far as we see, yeah, she never she doesn't does. get there. No. She's never. So that's why it's like, wow, the one person who like really sees you and really understands you knows that that is not for you. But so she spirals, a mini spiral, but. Almost like with like Logan's mom or Logan's dad. Yeah. That first like crumbling. Yeah. Like the first cynicism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first time someone says, I don't think you're cut out for this. Oh, wait. Am I cut out for this? Yeah. It's like maybe, you know, explore some other interests too. Like that's what college is for. But I think when you just have you're so set on something and Lorelai is so set on something for her because there's that whole dynamic where Lorelai is kind of living through Rory as well. So Jess has like these weird societal pressures where he's like, I don't really have to do anything because nothing is expected of me where Rory is. I have to do everything because everything is expected of me. Mm -hmm. So they're coming from like very different like drastic Romeo and Juliet kind of situation. Um, And I think that really plays to like their chemistry too. So to summarize these two, it's almost like Rory is naive and Mm -hmm. Jess is jaded. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so hot. (laughs) I know when they were looking in the car, Elise was like, they were going to kiss. They totally were going to kiss. Take the wheel. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There was one more thing I wanted to add. Yeah, please. You you can clip this if you want, but. um, I won't. Okay. Uh, So one thing I noted about the conversation and Jess's input specifically about his own life. um, uh, While I was watching this, I made the comparison of Jess to Biff from Death of a Salesman. Um, Biff is the son of Willie Loman, uh, has his worldview shattered after he sees his father commit a horrendous act. And he comes back after or during the middle of the play. And this is kind of a quote that he gives that I thought very much mirrored what Jess was going through. And whenever spring comes to where I am, I suddenly get the feeling, my God, I'm not getting anywhere. What the hell am I doing? Playing around with horses, $28 a week. I'm 34 years old. I ought to be making my future. That's when I come running home. And now I get here and... I don't know what to do with myself. 
Yeah. And like, I just saw that scene with Jess and being like, yeah, he's, he's kind of in the same boat where he's like, he's just with his worldview shattered. He doesn't know what to do with his life because nothing, nothing matters. Nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing makes sense at this point. So I know, but I love them together because it's like where he needs help. Because, like, where he is is not a great place Yeah, to be that negative and, like, have no hope for your future. That is really sad. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he doesn't even want to finish high school because he's like, I'm not going to college. What's the point? Life sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll just do it my own way because I can only count on myself. So, like, Rory, like, really, like, if he wouldn't have met Rory, you kind of wonder what direction he would have gone down because I think that's why he always kind of comes back to Rory Mm -hmm. because she's the first person that really like probably gave him like his future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In like a positive way. And Mm -hmm. And then he's helping her because she's so in her own little world. And this is tiny, like little bubble. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think so too. It's a nice yin and yang kind of moment. Book smart and street smart. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the common sense versus like the book. You know, she, she knows a lot because she reads a lot. He knows a lot because he reads a lot, but also the street smarts are Mm -hmm. big for him too especially in new york like you have to know what you're doing to live in new york mm-hmm. um but yeah there's a lot there's but a lot they, but they also have like things in common too, like um family wise speaking mm-hmm. although his sometimes you got you you get two people together who have parents who are still together and then mm-hmm. you get somebody who would has parents that are separated sometimes it, that doesn't really click but with rory Although she has a better, like, parental structure with Lorelai, there is common ground with that, with mm-hmm. not having the typical family dynamic. Right, which it's interesting that Lorelai is so against Jess for all of the, like, surface-level things that he and Rory have in common. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, what is it about Jess outwardly that Lorelai is so put off on off on i don't know put off by thank <laughs> yeah, you yeah, that's yeah. it <laughs> put off by. by and is it because of dean or is it because she sees something to jess that rory doesn't see lorelei takes a lot of pride in being able to almost predict rory mm-hmm. and so when events start happening that go against what she's predicted, her word, her her call on a situation, she kind of freaks out a little bit. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and like the end of this scene, he's like, okay, I could go around the corner and then we'll be at Luke's or I could turn this way and then we could just drive around in circles for a while and talk and, Lo- and Rory picks to drive around in circles, which is not Lorelai's you know, idea of what should be happening or what Rory would typically do in any other situation. And so we kind of start to see, and we've been really trying to focus on like, when is this transformation of Rory really starting to occur where she is going against what she would perceive to be the 
great expectations for herself and what her mom thinks of her into, I don't want to do that because this actually sounds more fun Mm -hmm. and starts to kind of live her life, even at 16. I mean, there we're always presented with choices and it's kind of fun to see Rory Mm -hmm. like go against the grain a little bit. Also, isn't it so nostalgic to think back of during high school, maybe you're just with a friend or maybe you're someone like who's a boyfriend or girlfriend and just driving around yes. aimlessly, listening yeah. to music, talking. It just, I love that scene for that I reason. Know. Me too. And I yeah. love it too because he ends it with, with I, as you wish. From Princess Bride. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a romantic. And I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dang. Yeah. There's. It's just a nice little moment. Like, I wish we got to see more moments of the two of them. Like, we, I was pretty adamantly obsessed with the fact that we did not get to see them, like, at the bookstore after the basket. When they spend, like, time at the bookstore and they got pizza. And I was like, I want to see that. I want to see what they're talking about or, like, what happens and what what happened in that moment that like flipped this switch where she wanted to spend the whole day with him versus fixing things with Dean. Yeah. They have one of the most unorthodox courtship periods because she's in a relationship for most of it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Isn't it it after that day out that Rory actually like outbursts against Lorelai being like, well, you don't know what he's like. Like Mm -hmm. I just got to spend a whole day with him and Mm -hmm. you know, He's yeah. completely different from what everyone else expects. Yeah, and that's the first time, too, that she calls him on the phone when Lorelai is not around. Oh. So that's kind of the episode where I think Rory's like, fine, if nobody's going to understand him, then it'll just be me. Yeah. So she kind of pulls the situation into her own hands. Yeah. All right. So we cut to Lorelai at home going through their millions of takeout menus And Rory calls and she says, I don't want you to freak out. I'm okay. And she's like, of course you're okay. Why wouldn't you be okay? And she reveals that um, she and Jess got into a car accident and that everything's fine. Um, The car is not so fine, but everything's fine. And she's like, well, where are you? And she says she's at the hospital. So we follow Lorelai to the hospital. Um... She gets into the room and starts asking all of these questions. Like, did you run every single test? I want to make sure that she's okay. We find that she has a fractured wrist and she needs to be in a cast. And Lorelai's like, I want her checked head to toe. Like any possibility that something could be wrong, I want it to be checked. So the doctor leaves and she sits down and talks to Rory and Rory says the car is in really bad shape. And she says, no one cares about the car. And she's like, but I need you to know that Jess did call the ambulance right away and, and made sure that I was okay before he even called the police. And, and cause we know that Lorelai immediately is going to be like, this is all Jess's fault because she knew that Jess was driving the car and was already freaked out about that. Like Jess was driving. Why was he driving? And this is kind of a point where we get to see Lorelai recognize that her daughter is a teenager and teenagers make really dumb mistakes sometimes. 
like letting their friend drive their car or, you know, driving around aimlessly late at night, like whatever, not even late at night. It was nine o'clock, but that's late in Stars Hollow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Lorelai tells her, I'm not going to worry about the details right now. I just want to make sure that you're okay and that you relax. They come in to take more x-rays and tell Lorelai it'll be about an hour so she can go get some coffee. And she says, all right. And there's this moment where she walks out of the room and she's like collecting herself and she looks up. And when she looks up, it's like immediate, like it makes me think of Kill Bill when she like has those sirens going (laughs) off in her head. Like she is out for blood and it is so apparent. Yeah. Like she is ready to fight and i know that this is scary for lorelei however rory is fine and i think that's the biggest thing to remember going into this scene like watching it as a child when i was like 11 i was like oh yeah go get him lorelei like he's such a jerk whatever But now as an adult, I'm like, they were kids and they were just driving and accidents happen. I literally. They weren't drinking. No, they weren't drinking. They weren't doing drugs. Like they were, they had ice cream and then drove around like. (laughs) And didn't want to hit a possum. Yeah. But Lorelai was kind of looking for any excuse to separate the two at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. The word vindication comes to mind. Uh Like she was. I was right. Expecting this. Yeah. And and now that she's right, she gets Mm -hmm. to go capitalize on that. Yeah. And notice how she brushes off anything that Rory says that gives Jess any semblance of credit in the situation. Like him calling the ambulance or calling the police or making sure she's okay. She doesn't care. She's like, you were driving. You were driving with Jess just did this yeah Mm -hmm. not only that but she's very much like you don't have to apologize later on like yeah when rory's in bed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's no 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 no. you have no need to apologize everything is taken care of you're home you're absolved from this whole situation which we'll get to that but right yeah it's just you're, they would not have gotten into the accident if Rory had said, let's just go back to Luke's. Mm-hmm. So Lorelai, like, let's wake up. You made mistakes as a, as a teenager. Your daughter is going to make mistakes, too. It's like a rite of passage to screw up once in a while. And Ro- I think Lorelai just has it so set in stone that this is how Rory has to be. And... I've been able to control like ABCD of her life up until this point. And now I'm losing control because now things are happening that I don't want to happen. So what do I need to do to get that control back? Mm-hmm. Also, 20 bucks says that she's been counting down to the year of Rory being 16 because 16 was the year that she got pregnant with Rory. Oh, so absolutely. she's probably like, okay, she's 16 now. Like what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like she's holding her breath until something big happens. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Yeah. yeah. So Lorelai yeah. is raging hard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that not how you want me to open that? <laughs> okay, I'll try again. I'll try again. We should just make an episode filled with like all Flippers. the dumb stuff we say. <laughs> like, what was that? A few weeks ago, I I had said it's just so nice to see two women like coming together. Coming together. <laughs> and then I was like dying. And she was dying laughing, and I was like, "What is so funny?" And she's like, "You just." said that you love to see women coming together it, and it fills like, you with such happiness yeah. <laughs> and then you're like well okay how about this i just love to see mother and daughter coming together <laughs> but now we're getting more specific yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, no. that's, worse. that's a different genre yeah. <laughs> yeah so what can i say <sighs> all okay. right uh lorelei's raging i'm not gonna say that okay okay so lorelei is seeing red yes and immediately bolts for the diner looking for Jess and Luke is standing inside and he opens the door and she goes right up the stairs and she's like, Jess, Jess, where are you? And Luke's like, what happened? And he says there was an accident and that Rory is hurt and she can't find Jess. And we don't often hear swearing on this show but there was a lot in this last scene like she was like Jess damn it where are you and it's like the intensity builds as Luke is trying to piece together what the hell even happened and Lorelai is just so like pointed in on finding Jess and killing him basically and it gets to the point where she starts to blame Luke for even allowing Jess to be here. Like you let him stay when he made a mistake the first time he should have been gone. And Luke's like, so this is my fault that this happened. And she's like, it is your fault. This is all your fault. And she starts to leave and he stops her and finally says, you know that I love Rory more than I love myself. Like I care about her more than I care about anybody else. And I understand that she's hurt, but you know where she is. You know how she's doing. I have to go find Jess. I have to make sure that he is okay because that's his job. Like he's his guardian. And he ends it by saying, and if that cuts into your screaming time, well, too damn bad. And she tells him to go to hell. And he says, right back at you. And then he walks away. And as he's walking away, we see the tow truck pull up with the car. Lorelai gets emotional and she calls Chris. So, Chris. yeah. Yeah. So, I understand her calling Christopher because she's upset that Rory is hurt. But I don't think that's why she's calling Christopher. No. So, why is she? Doesn't she normally go to Luke when there's a really big problem? Mm -hmm. So now that Luke is not there to back her up, she's like, okay, what else do I got on the Rolodex? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess her dad. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, why wouldn't you call him right away? But now you're waiting until, like, the one person you go to doesn't want to talk to you at all. Well, she didn't want to talk to him either. No. Yeah. Well, Jess wasn't there to kill, so Luke was the next best person to kill. Right. Yep. I, I admire Luke so much in this scene because you can tell that he is totally coming from a place of care. He mm-hmm. cares about Rory. He cares about Lorelai, even when 
she's breaking him down and screaming at him he's not getting offended or anything right away he's still like hey there's still a lot of people in this whole situation that i care about including my nephew mm-hmm. um and so he keeps his cool and then he has to point it out to lorelei when she's being kind of an a-hole you know she is mm-hmm. so. yeah she totally is yeah she doesn't I, care about jess at all no she didn't care if see if he was okay at all no she didn't even ask if he was okay. She demonizes him. She's like, he's mm-hmm. the one who did the hurting. There's no way that he can get hurt. He only destroys and hurts. And it's like, oh, yes. mm-hmm. Forgetting yeah. that he's a kid, too. Yeah, exactly. They're both kids. And I think, doesn't she even say, like, he did, what are you doing? No, Bryn was, like, looking back when we were making comments. Oh, like, yeah, I know. Because he wants to get in on hating on Lorelai so bad. I know. He's giving the dismissive <laughs> gesture. Yeah. Bryn really, really hates Lorelai. Oh. Especially when she's fighting. <laughs> That's when she's the worst. Yeah. Oh. And, like, I get it. I get being upset. Like, your child is hurt. But there was another child involved. And their parents have every right to be just as worried and upset or you know whatever and i think lorelei starting to realize that there's like a a hole in her like master plan is hard in more than one way Mm -hmm. like okay she got hurt but it was somebody else's fault so like everything's fine because we can blame this on somebody else and things can go just as we wanted them to continue. But as long as that other person is out of the picture, then everything goes back to normal. Everything's fine. Everything's good. She's got her daughter and her best friend back. Mm-hmm. She tells Emily that a couple mm-hmm. episodes prior to this. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Exactly. And that's why their relationships are different. Yeah. So I feel for Luke. I think this is when we get to see like a a really great change in him because he not like when he went to the school, he was like, yeah, you know, like I'll figure it out. I'll take care of it. And kind of is just like, we'll get it figured out. And then this happens and he's like, I need to find him. I need to make sure that he's okay. And we're seeing now this like, the difference between oh his grades are bad to he was in a car accident and we see like how luke can take like zero to a hundred but his 100 doesn't even match lorelei's 100 like she is immediately unhinged Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that also goes with like the boundaries that we talk about all the time that lorelei does not have good boundaries with people the fact that she would show up at luke's place to yell at jess shows zero respect for boundaries at all and it's i feel for her but at the same time like wake up and and realize that other people are allowed to make mistakes and your daughter is allowed to make mistakes and if you think an accident is going to stop her from talking to jess like you're crazy because they're friends if that was dean what would she have done probably just brush it off and be like "Eh, you're both okay are you okay dean (laughs) yeah should have made sure dean was okay yeah i don't know yeah drives me crazy i know it's hard 
But he, <clears throat> she has completely demonized him into, this is her, like, I was right. Mm-hmm. I knew it all along because I know everything, kind of. Moment. And she doesn't even, like, care about Luke or, like. No. She doesn't care about anyone except for, like, herself and Rory at that moment. Yeah. All right. We are back at home. Rory is tucked into bed. Lorelai has gotten her situated with all of her books, magazines, CDs, everything, and decides that she's going to park herself right next to the bed and sleep in the same room. And when Lorelai wakes up, Christopher is sitting there with her and they go into the kitchen to talk. She says, you know, are you going to stay the night or do you have to get back to Sherry? And he's like, no, I'm going to stay. Like, I want some time with Rory. And is it just me or was there like a weird undertone to that question of like, don't you have to get back to Sherry? In the beginning of the episode on their phone call, he was also avoiding bringing up Sherry. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Know. We're planting seeds, I think. And he's really adding on to this whole crusade of, like, Rory comes first, so don't even worry about Sherry at this time. I'm not even considering what would make her happy or not happy in this scenario, because I'm Rory's dad and I need to be here. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the superhero facade. Yeah. Yeah. And she even says, like, I love the superhero you. And he's like, try to keep up. Like, is she is she kissing butt a little bit now too because she realized she just screwed up her relationship with like friendship with Luke and now mm-hmm. the only man in her life right now is Chris and yeah so she's yeah. got to make good with it I don't know nope I think that's a really good point because she is pretty notorious for hopping from one person to the next and keeping Luke always at bay and now that Luke is gone who is she going to turn to and Christopher will always be there Mm -hmm. because he has to be well he doesn't have to be but you know what I mean and I think for Lorelai she's like this is one person who's going to understand my side because Rory is his daughter too and he even says like I'll go to the I'll talk to the insurance and I'll talk to the doctor and get me a picture of Jess. So if I see him, I know what he looks like. So I don't kill the wrong person. And it's like, let's relax here. So much animosity. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Were you going to say something? Oh, it's just like, no one is like all these, no one's acting like, you know, accidents happen in cars. Like animals come out in the road or dumpsters. Or dumpsters, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just hit a dumpster. It was not good. Um, But, yeah. I think they are, like, really forgetting that they're kids. And these things happen. I mean, a car accident is better than, like, a baby accident. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's easier to fix a car than it is to change your entire life. Yeah, it's so, one. Yeah, it's just like like I said earlier. If it's one thing, if they were drinking or something, right? It was an animal ran out on the road, mm-hmm. but because <clears> it was <throat> just driving, everything is wrong with it. 
Well, Lorelei once said, I stopped being a kid the moment the strip turned pink. Mm -hmm. So I think in her timeline of her own life and in Chris's life, as soon as they turned 16, they were adults then. Yeah. So now they have to be held to the same expectations as if they were full-grown adults. And Mm -hmm. it seems like that consideration has been passed on to Rory as well. As much as they are probably maybe not trying to do that, I think they are. Oh, yeah. They have impossible expectations for Rory that are just like she's still in high school like allow her to explore and have fun and and try new things instead of like sheltering her and keeping her to yourself Mm -hmm. and i think part of that too comes from insecurity of lorelei like not wanting to lose her best friend yep so if i you know push her to try new things she's gonna go away and then who will i have and we see that here. She turns to Christopher the minute that she loses her, like, one really good friend, Luke. And, you know, she's not going to bother Suki with this stuff because everyone in the town will know about it by tomorrow anyway. So, yeah. But that's where that whole drama kind of subsides for, for the episode. So, yes. It's also worth noting that if she did go to Suki about this, Suki would probably be rational and tell her it isn't a big deal. And she mm-hmm. wants someone there to say it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and Chris is saying everything to appease her at that point. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, that's why she calls Christopher to know that she's in the right. Yeah. And he's going to not... say whatever he can to stay on her good side, because if things are rocky with Sherry, Lorelai is always his go-to also like they have Mm. this like gross like relationship I don't mean gross as in like barf gross but just like it's unhealthy unhealthy thank you yeah (laughs) Yeah. unhealthy relationship where it's like a, a balance constantly of who needs who more and you know it always ends with them sleeping together or something and it's like what is going on like, why are you really here? Are you really here to make sure that Rory is okay? Or are you really here because things are bad with Sherry and you can have Lorelai's undivided attention? Yeah. Yeah, it's like why I think he even apologized when, about the fight. Yeah. When he was like, oh, no, sorry, I freaked out or whatever. It's like, no, yeah, we all, we, we know you freaked out. We saw how you treated Lorelai. But I really feel like he only apologized because things are probably rocky with Sherry. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he didn't apologize, would she have let him stay there? Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Do you think so? Lorelai? Yeah, she didn't look mad at him being there when I mean, she that's woke true. up. Yeah. She looked pretty happy that he was there. She- yeah. She lets Christopher do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's like Christopher is Jess in a way like the not going to college and the like going against, you know, societal norms or whatever. But why is that okay? But Jess is not okay. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Just. Because Lorelai doesn't want Rory to make the same mistakes that she did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know. It just, they they needed a crisis to clear up their last fight. 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they never have moved through this part of their relationship on a healthy note, Lorelai and Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, something bad happening and us needing each other to support each other. Uh, that uh, is the only reason why we're in the same room together right now. Otherwise, you know, we would have had this accident not happened. We probably would have remained mad at each other. So, but they're not even going to like worry about that. No. Well, no. I mean, that was proven earlier because they didn't talk on the phone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So they needed something bad to happen in order to mend their relationship. And now they're like all over each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see how that. Goes. Yeah, that that yeah. hug was super intimate. Yeah, it was. That's like not a hug of like. That was like for coming. Yeah, that's a prolonged hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we are at the final scene, which is, I think, a fan favorite across the board, um, where they are getting ready for movie night. Lane puts a Emily Estrange sticker on her cast, which was something that was pretty popular, I think, when I was in high school. Um, And she asks if she's called Dean yet and told Dean. And Rory says, no, I think I'll talk to him tomorrow. Rory mentions that she knows um, Luke and her mom were in a fight, but she doesn't know what it was about. And that's kind of where that settles. Um we cut to Suki and Lorelai and Christopher and they're talking about Jackson singing to his vegetables because they've been a little sour and kind of covering all the bases of, you know, who's there and why aren't they there and whatever. And they sit down and we immediately are met with Kirk's movie and it's him and this girl going to her house for dinner. He knocks on the door. They go inside. And he's like, the dad asks, like, what do you have to offer my daughter? And he's like, only this. And then he starts, like, breakdancing or dancing. And it's all in black and white. The lighting is pretty fantastic. Um, but I do love the director's choice to have like this clip where you can tell that Kirk was like editing because it it's like a what do you call it like a blip or a something blip. Yeah. yeah yeah and so it looks homemade in that sense and I just love seeing Sean Gunn like finally get to do something that's really fun and like very Kirk like deep to his core Kirk <laughs> I like that they used um, for the the girl that he's in love with. It's her name is Mary Lynn. I don't know how to say her last name. It's spelled R A J S K U B. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, so I'm not gonna try that Rajas Club. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but she's like in 24, the show 24. I thought she looked familiar. And she's in like a ton of stuff. So it's like like dude where's my car and legally blonde too and punch drunk love she's been in a ton of stuff so it's kind of cool if they casted somebody that like, got like her big start <laughs> i know she was already started she was already, oh, she was already in a bunch of stuff yeah oh, that's why okay. i think that's kind of cool when i first saw this like kirk's film i was like because i was a big 24 girl i yeah. loved 24 i was like oh my gosh i know her 
That's cool. I, had no I don't know. It's just weird that they would cast somebody because mm-hmm. you never see her again. Maybe she was just like a fan and was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Why not? Yeah, I think they could have cool. been filmed on the same lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Have you ever gone to see? I have never gone. I should go someday. You should. It's really fun. Yes. Um, Okay. So we watch Kirk's film at the end. It pops up in big white letters, a film by Kirk. And that's like his favorite font too. Because I think that's the font he uses on his t-shirts in season three. Mm -hmm. And um, Christopher says that this town is very bizarre, that he needs to stick around so they have protection. And Lorelai says, well, I like the idea of you sticking around. And it's like, these comments would not be made if you were in a committed relationship to Sherry. And so you can kind of pick up more and more that there's something he's not telling us, basically. Uh, Rory comes to sit down with them at towards the end of Kirk's movie and when Christopher excuses himself, she scoots over and she says, I like having him around. And Lorelai says, yeah, me too. And it cuts to Miss Patty first saying that she choreographed uh, Kirk's dance routine, which I adore and love. And then it cuts to Miss Patty and Babette gossiping about what happened the night before. And I just love that they have no... Um, no, what's the word I'm looking for? Like tact, self-awareness. Yeah, yes, thank you. Yeah. Volume control. Volume control. The self-awareness. Loudest whispering ever. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like perfect old lady gossiping. Cause I remember my grandmother gossiping and I'd be like, okay, they're sitting like right over there. And I know they just heard everything <laughs> you said. So that's cool. But Babette tells Patty that Luke put Jess on a bus to go home back to New York and that Jess wanted to go. And so he's gone. And Miss Patty says, well, what will we do now? Like, what will be our entertainment now? And it cuts back to the girls and they're sitting there. And Lorelai, I can't tell if it's like a guilt and just like being uncomfortable And Rory's just like, this is bad. It's not good. I think she looks guilty. Mm-hmm. I think she feels bad. Guilty towards Luke. That guilty he's gone. That he left. That he went back home. Like they, I don't they... know. Because I, I feel like she would be happy to see Jess gone. But I feel like she would feel guilty towards Luke as far as, oh, he did the right thing. Like, he did exactly what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At the same time, though, it's been 24 hours and you can start reflecting a lot on a situation. And the only reason why the situation escalated as highly as it did is because of her. Yeah. So now yeah. she's realizing I'm the the common denominator as to why Jess is now out of the town. Well, the so. reason he came back home was to get out of a poor situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that Lorelai is not a complete piece of shit yeah (laughs) like i know she can totally get very close to seeming like that yeah it's almost like but she had he had to send him back to a bad situation situation because he he happened to be a part of a bad situation here yeah it was just an accident and she's the cause because she freaked out 
Yeah. Just choosing himself to go back to his mom's also is just heartbreaking because mm-hmm. he was just getting a, to a place in Stars Hollow where he had things that he liked about it. And he's he is so protective of Rory that if he realized he was even a part of something that was negative in her life maybe he's like she's only gonna get hurt more if i'm around so i better Mm -hmm. protect her and take myself out of the situation it's like and it's like it's like sad and like encouraging almost to of like how he feels about himself earlier Mm -hmm. where it's like i'm not going to college i'm not going to try for future yeah like when that's what i mean where it's like his circumstances of being around people have never ended good people aren't in his they're not when you don't have people behind your back you get used to being like no i gotta keep Mm -hmm. i gotta protect myself because this is what keeps on happening this is like another example yeah i think him him running away is him protecting himself yeah from seeing the aftermath from dealing with the aftermath and it's easier to just run away because then you don't have to see the hurt. And, but then it's hurtful to him because then he doesn't see that Rory is okay. And she still wants to be a part of his life. And so he misses out on that piece because he just assumes automatically. He's the loser. Yep. He's the reason she's hurt. He hurt the girl that he loves or likes. Mm -hmm. And He should just go. What's the point? Yeah. A lot of, like, insecurity. A lot of Mm. insecurity. And, like, to go back to Lorelai, we've seen her put her foot in her mouth many times already and then feel bad about it later. So I, I don't... I think she feels bad that it escalated to the point where Luke thought the only thing he could do was to send him back to this bad situation. I don't think she feels bad for Jess. I think she feels bad about how it was handled more than anything else. Probably more how it affects Rory in this instance. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think for Lorelai, she's like, okay, well, he's gone. So now we don't have to worry about this anymore. Like, he's not going to be an issue. Like, we don't have to, I don't have to worry about her spending time with him over Dean and Dean doesn't have to worry about him. Like, this fixes a lot of problems in her eyes. Yeah, but then it (laughs) brings up, like, a huge problem with... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I was just going to say, except for that one thing about the car that Dean gave Rory. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Elise? Um, Oh, like, I would assume, personally, if I had any kind of feelings for Luke, I'd be like, I don't know if we're going to come back from this now. No. Yeah. Like, if he's going to like me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think I I think that there is an element of Luke that knows how she is when she's upset. And that she does kind of, like, just see red and just goes for it without thinking things through. And so part of me is, like, I think he can look past it. But the other part of me says... Maybe you shouldn't look past that because that's like kind of a red flag. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. that's where the episode ends. Yes, Mm. it is the I don't know for Luke 
two things that he cares about more than anything are the legacy of his family and whatever positive aspects of it that he can prop up with himself mm-hmm. and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to make him choose between one of two things, those are the hardest things to choose between. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So that is where we are left at the end of this episode. And uh, let's go into our town meeting. We call this town meeting to order. All right. For our town meeting, I will start by saying this episode had 56 pop culture references. And I think that is the most we have ever had. Sounds that about right. could potentially be like a, a three-parter. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot uh, to cover there. A lot of movies, which makes sense, but... Um, so at the beginning of the episode, we had talked about what movie would we pick if we didn't have the binder, we didn't have to worry about Taylor's binder. What movie would you pick to show the town? What do you think? Let's start with Michael. Yeah. I feel like Breakfast Club is... (gasps) That is what I was going to say. Totally. It's a safe option. It covers teenage angst and how they get through their problems. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing I thought Taylor would not approve of is... The weed. John Bender calling people (laughs) dildos and things like that. He's like, I like this principle and I can relate to this man. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's a film about discipline. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do you think, Steph? I was going for Rocky, a classic underdog story. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rocky is a great story. A little too much violence, though. I gotta mm. say, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so yeah. many classic things: running up the staircase with the kids following <laughs> yeah. behind him, and you know, punching the 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 meat in the meat locker, and the, the curmudgeon you... old grouchy coach that's egging him on. And, yeah. yeah, it's just so classic. A lot of good elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this one just popped into my head, though. What about Pleasantville? Oh, oh I love that movie. Yeah. That could go in. That would be like very Stars Hollow esque. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Elias, let's hear your list. The Sandlot, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump, Spaceballs, Back to the Future, Oppenheimer. Just kidding. (laughs) End with a bang. (laughs) Love that. They would be sitting there for hours. (laughs) No, I could totally see Jaws for sure. Jaws. Yeah. And Back to the Future is a good one, too. Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some good classics there. Yeah, you got to have some funny, I think, Yeah, action. If it's going to be, like, the whole town watching it, it has to be something that can captivate people from, like, teenagers to, you know, adults or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one thing I was thinking about when they were making the movie list uh, in the beginning of the episode, I'm like, gosh, they actually make me feel a little ashamed of how many movies I have not seen in my <laughs> life that they consider like these are the paramount penultimate movies. I you know. know. <laughs> um, but then in other episodes, like her Lorelai's particular taste for movies is not just the classics like she she likes some really oddball movies, which yeah. I really love. I think that encourages people to nerd out in different genres and enjoy Mm -hmm. bad tv or bad movies Mm -hmm. too so that you can at least laugh at it right yeah Yeah. no because like i put together all of the movies and books and music for each season and 
I think I've maybe heard of a quarter of the movies that are referenced and maybe have seen even less than that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. And also, like, you cannot tell me that Amy Sherman Palladino has seen all of these movies. Right? <laughs> like, I know. No. That's a lot. But again, this is before, this is when video rental stores were still around. You know, right. even mm-hmm. Michael and I growing up, our our family, every weekend we would go to the video store and we'd yep. pick up a couple of movies and you'd get different ones every time and it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. We also had longer attention spans back in the day where we could right. sit down and watch mm-hmm. two, three hour movies, like no big deal. Exactly. I was about yeah. to say, I think we got like the same five movies every time. I feel like it was... A goofy movie, Happy Gilmore. Rocket Man. Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dogma. That's a good one. Is, I haven't yeah, yeah. heard that one in a long time. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that too with the movie rentals because Elise used to work at a movie rental place. And I was like, that's why you you know everything about movies. <laughs> like, you worked there. Like, that was your job. And well, I it started before that, but yeah. <laughs> but I just love, I really miss like, the nostalgia of just like going and looking at the movie covers and being like, what do I want to watch? And like holding it in my hand and flipping it over and reading it on the back. And there was just something about that. That was so wonderful. Yeah. We used to really appreciate movie cover art. Like we do with album art, you know? Yeah, I know. And now it's like, I get a new album and I'm like, oh, that's what the cover looks like. And I've never seen it before. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's, why do we, why do they still put so much effort into those things if they really aren't looked at anymore? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So what was your movie, Amy, again? Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Or Pleasantville. I think I'm, I, Breakfast Club is always my first go-to for anything because I'm like, that's got a little of something for everybody. Mm-hmm. I um, feel like uh, we're gonna do John Hughes though. I feel like Ferris is Ferris better mm-hmm. crowd pleaser just because true. Breakfast Club does get a little down. Yeah, true. Yeah. A little sad. I think mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller would be a little inappropriate considering Jess skips school. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, the whole, like, car accident at the end. Yeah. Like, it would have fit too perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was trying to think of, like, are we coming from this from the perspective of it has to fit what Taylor's wants and needs are? Or is it just what the town would appreciate? I think just go with what the town would appreciate. Okay. Like, that's what Lorelai was going to do. She wasn't going to go for anything that Taylor was going to want to watch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no way. And the fact that she just like gives up and picks the yearling again, but is able to incorporate Kirk's film as like, here's my little addition, my like little neat bow on top of this evening is very fun. And like, I love that Amy Sherman Palladino gave Sean Gunn like something really great to do with his character Mm because Kirk is... It only so goes up. interesting. It, yeah. Oh, his creative expression in future episodes only becomes more incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. It is very true. So, um, also, uh, wanted to ask Steph, since you're like very familiar, we always ask like our guests that are good with the show, like favorite character. Okay, so every year when I rewatch the entire series, I find that I I take away 
like different characters every year. Yeah. This year, um, I really enjoy a lot of the uh, ins- uh, ancillary characters. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular, I don't know if this will come to mind, but do you guys know who Mrs. Slutsky is? Okay, so they just referenced her in an episode I watched. So Mrs. Slutsky was only ever in two episodes in the entire show. One was in uh, the one with all about, all the pose. Yes, when that's Lorelai the one I just watched. In the street in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. screaming up to Luke to let her in, and Mrs. Slutsky opens the window. And she's like, "Pipe down out there!" And he's like, <laughs> "Go back to sleep, Mrs. Slutsky." And clearly, like she's lived next door to Luke for a long time. Uh, but she's just like this old curmudgeonly, curmudgeonly, like grumpy lady. And then the other time that she pops up is the episode where Kirk hid all of the eggs in the town square. <laughs> and he's been searching for all of them for probably like 72 hours straight at this point. And he crosses paths with Mrs. Slutsky in the street. And he looks haggard. And she screams at him because he's so terrifying. And then he screams at her because she's so terrifying. And then they walk off. Anyways, this woman's name is Harriet Smith, and she's only been cast as a grumpy old lady in tiny little cameos for her entire film career. (laughs) And anyways, so Mrs. Slutsky is one of my favorites right now, as well as Mrs. Cassini. Okay. Yeah. I just love the last name Slutsky. (laughs) Like, where did that come from? Like, what was the origin of that name? Um, It's kind of like how all of the animals, what does she call them all? They're all... um, Gosh, now it escaped me. But anytime Lorelai is talking about an animal or a pet, it has like this one name. Skippy. Everything is Skippy. Oh, gotcha. And it's like, why Skippy? Like, what is the origin behind Skippy? I, I know. don't know. They Like Sniffy's Tavern, too. Like Sniffy yeah. is another one, too. Yeah. yeah. Favorite episode. That's tough. Uh, honestly, I really like the Poe episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like, I really liked seeing Suki and Luke work together to share the cooking space. Like there was something yeah. about that. Like I really loved them putting on a show for the whole town and like, you know, uh, helping out all the people who stayed at the, at the dragon flight. I love that episode, but I also really like the episode where Luke and Lorelai finally kiss for the first time. Yeah. That's one of my all time. That favorites. is a good one. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like that episode too. Yeah. <laughs> No, you do. I like it through osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So favorite Lorelai guy? Luke. Uh, Totally Luke. Yeah. Yeah. And then favorite Rory guy? Jess, 100%. Mm -hmm. Especially after you watch the entire series and you realize the the man that Jess becomes. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man. When he comes back, I... When he comes back and she is with Logan. You're like mad that she's with Logan. Yeah. That he's mm-hmm. that she's not free and available at that time in her life. Right. And that he's the one giving her a wake up call is so powerful and awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I, know. I just love it so much. He's so hot. I know. Uh, <laughs> and just the fact that he did he did make it on his own grit. Yeah, he did. He followed his own path and he did Mm -hmm. something and it was something impressive enough to stop Rory in her tracks. Right. Like, oh, I didn't have to do all of these things to be successful. Like you wrote a book and you didn't have to go to Yale or Harvard. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to his whole like, I don't know if that's the right thing for you. But she's so ingrained and has never thought of anything else that she can't move past it where Jess sees the whole world open to him 
and Rory has like this tunnel vision. And I think that's something that is admirable and really inspiring as far as Jess's character goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and being on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. I had such a good time and I, I would love to do this again oh, in the yeah. future. No, you yes. Yes. Absolutely. You'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. As we start, we're going to start planning season three at the end of the month. It's so. like my favorite season. I love, I love season three. so good. Yeah. Be careful because we'll invite you back a lot i will be i'll be here i'll be here you guys do an incredible show thank Thank you so much thanks it's a lot of fun fun. i'm glad um michael do you have anything to plug uh well your husband is directing a little show called the producers yes and i'm playing leo bloom in it so it's gonna be great wait yeah i can't wait to costume you and give you a blankie (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited (laughs) no it'll be really fun so i will post um steph's answers to the questions on our instagram and we will post um Yes. I forgot to do the quiz. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. That's totally fine. I can yes. still do it, right? Yeah, you can still <laughs> okay, do it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we'll post it on our on our page. So um, you will see the results from, like, their quizzes that we do. And then um, Steph's answers on our Instagram. And that's uh, underscore growing up Gilmore underscore. And then on TikTok, it's the same with our pop culture. We're on episode nine, right? think that's where we're at now i i haven't released nine yet yeah that's like the next one yeah coming so um we're getting there we're getting through them and uh this one definitely will be a long one when we get there so all right well next week we have season two episode 20 help wanted another richard episode yay he's my favorite (laughs) i love richard do you want to fill in for me next week? Yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> because I am up to here with Richard right now. Yeah. We've had uh, a lot of Richard. Business Richard was a bit much, I admit it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? I don't mind. I do kind of like help want it, though. Yeah, it's cute. I think it's a good... We don't get to see, like, Lorelai and Richard together yeah. often. So, like, getting that dynamic compared to, like rory and richard is nice yeah um but yeah it's a cute episode but we've got a a few bangers coming now because then it's lorelei's graduation (gasps) and then yeah that episode always makes me cry we're gonna be raging hard yeah and then the finale so we're gonna be raging hard yeah (laughs) yep raging hard no my god I'm not cutting that. (laughs) Well, then you can't cut your raging heart. Okay, I won't. I'll keep it in there. So now that you know. This is so metal. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.